Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Charles Sabansi from the Dreamers Pro Show, and we want to welcome you guys to the Dreamers Pro Podcast, where we cover everything from sports, hot topics, classic debates, entertainment, and where we give you guys a fresh perspective on things and how we see them. Now, let's get started with the first topic of today's show. If you guys remember a few years back, when Skip Bayless was replaced at ESPN First Take, they replaced him with Max Kellerman. When Max Kellerman was there, I think he was on this show for about five years or so. He was someone that was totally different from Skip. He had his own flavor, had his own style. Uh, what we knew about Max from watching him on television back then was, number one, he's very, very smart. Uh, he knows his stuff. He's a very logical guy, although from time to time, he would have some wacky takes, like saying uh, he would rather have Kawhi Leonard than Kobe Bryant. Of course, he had his Tom Brady clip theory. But none of this was nothing crazy, nothing to the point where he would have to come on television uh, and apologize for some of the remarks that he made because they were controversial or something that the network uh, wouldn't agree with. Right. Right. Nothing like that. Nothing like that. <clears throat> so at the time when uh, Max Kellerman was brought in on the show, Stephen A. Smith became the A side of that show, because if you guys remember, Stephen A. Smith was brought in by Skip Bayless. He was brought in. At one point, Stephen A. Smith was playing the role of a Shannon Sharp. He would come a few times a week, and then he would leave. But then ultimately, when Skip left, the show uh, then became his. And at the time that Skip left, it was already a number one show. So at that point, all you needed to do was ensure that you got the right guy to fill Skip's shoes and maintained your level of success, right? It wasn't like as if they were number two or number three, and they, and they needed to find their way back to number one. No, they were always the number one show. But as time went on... And I was looking at the relationship or the dichotomy that existed between Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman and Max Kellerman on television. I began to raise the alarms and we're talking about years ago. If you go back through the library of our older shows, a matter of fact, if you go to videos, if you go to our YouTube channel, excuse me, hit the video section and you put um, popular instead of newest, you'll see some of those shows. And I want you guys to go watch some of them because in some of those shows, you would hear me talk about the awkwardness that is that existed between Stephen A. Smith and Max Kellerman on air. There were times when both of these guys would get into a heated debate, and I would notice that Stephen A. Smith would begin to cross the line. First, I started noticing the way he would shout at Max Kellerman. And I started saying to myself, I said, first of all, this is a bit overboard. Number one, Max Kellerman is a grown adult. Number two, he's a married man. Number three, he has kids. I said, there's no way you can have me on your show, even if you're the A-side, and you're going to be talking to me like that on live television. It's just not going to happen. I don't care. 
You're not going to be talking to me like that and my wife is watching this or my kids are watching this. No way. You can get your point across, but you don't need to belittle me or talk to me like I'm some little kid. When we started talking about this 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 awkwardness that existed, I can vividly remember people at the time telling me, oh, no, man, it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing. It's just TV. They just acting. They just acting. They acting. I was like, yeah, no, they not. No, they not. And, and then what happened? Stephen A. Smith would go on television, treat Mac like Max like you know what. And I believe what he was doing was he was creating an environment in which other people would come on the show and disrespect, disrespect Max Kellerman. One of his other guests that used to come on the show was Kendrick Perkins. Kendrick Perkins would also come on the show and talk to Max, and talk to Max Kellerman in any kind of way. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, why is Stephen A. Smith doing this? Why is he disrespecting his co-host in this way? Well, it all became apparent shortly after when we found out that Max Kellerman was being fired from ESPN. After, I mean, removed from ESPN first take, and then he was going to get his own show. And then after that, we started hearing Stephen A. Smith essentially come out and say that, oh, as a matter of fact, I was the one that pushed for the firing, which stunned a lot of people, but also gave the words that I used to say back then, it gave them some credibility. So what happened? Recently, he goes on a Joe Budden podcast and he goes there and he starts dragging Max Kellerman for no apparent reason. All Joe Button said was, what happened? Why didn't it work out? Then Stephen A. Smith went off and started saying some extra, extra stuff. And at the time I said, this is one grimy dude. That is foul. You know good and well this guy doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a new gig. And you're out here talking about him like this. Why are you doing this? Who sent you to go this hard at Max Kellerman? Well, it turns out that I wasn't the only one that took that position because Marcellus Wiley, whose show who I watch, go check him out. I'm sure you guys know him. Used to work at ESPN. There's that famous segment with Skip Bayless and uh, 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 and Stephen A. Smith when Skip Bayless said Tom Brady's a bigger draw than Kobe Bryant and then LeBron and then Stephen A. Smith got fed up, walked off the set. He goes to the back. What does he get? He gets Marcellus Wiley, right? So Marcellus Wiley used to have a morning radio show with Max Kellerman and he knows both gentlemen. Well, it looks like even Marcellus Wiley has reached the point where he's like, Forget about the fact that I know these people. Forget about the fact that I'm one of the people that comes from inside the system and I'm now doing it independently. I don't like the way my former co-host is being treated, was being spoken about, and I'm going to say something. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what he had to say. It's a pretty long show. He had like a 16-minute segment. But we're going to put together some of the parts that we thought were important, and then we're going to come back and give you guys our thoughts. Take a listen to what... Marcellus Wiley had to say about the how this relationship ultimately got fractured. Take a listen to that there. And then I started to hear what was going on with my boy Max. So we went through the process. Obviously, he left, um, went back home, you know, big homecoming, big show, making buku bread. I was like, dog, salute. And then I start watching and then I start knowing what was really going on. Now, all of my intel doesn't come from Max. I'm just going to get that out the way. I'm going to preface it like that. Why? Because that ain't a good homie to put you always in a position where you got to talk about your situation. A good homie will also get it from everyone else in that situation. So I ain't got to put you in that bad place where you got to go to work every day and face your reality, which wasn't always a good reality. Let me take y'all behind the scenes because I know the people who helped construct that show. I know Max. I know Stephen A. 
Stephen A wanted Max for very specific reasons. Now, I'm going to say these reasons and everybody's going to have a reaction. He wanted Max first because he was white. He wanted Max second because he was intelligent. He wanted Max third because Max can speak on all things, including some things that even Stephen A can't speak on if you really want to go there. Max's hip-hop knowledge is killing 99% of the people in this world, his boxing knowledge, etc. right? So he fills in the gaps and also he's Max Kellerman, a white, intelligent dude. All right. Now, Stephen A used to come on our radio show all the time when we are in L.A., so I know he was familiar with who Max was, but I don't think he paid enough attention because he got slapped in the face with who Max really is. And then y'all saw the awkwardness that ensued because Max all of a sudden couldn't be who Max really was. Let me take you through it. Stephen A's first take, the show wanted Max to speak for white America. That's that balancing act. You remember that model? It still exists, but it was really the model. Black, white, all right? We got, you know, highbrow, lowbrow, right? Uptown, downtown, streets, boardroom, you know, all those damn dynamics and contrasts that everybody was lazily just buying into. Especially when you lose Skip Bayless, you get Max. Now, it's not just Max speak for white America, but that would allow Stephen A, you know, brother, get to speak for black America. Now we got it. And then Stephen A felt like he was going to be the king, even though he was already on the best show, number one rated show, I should say, because I'm speaking for my people. Oh, how empowering. Not only am I number one, but I'm speaking for my people. Okay. Now here's the problem. Stephen A, the entertainer, had to meet Max Kellerman, the educator. And boy, that was a class <laughs> that had a different lesson plan. And that's what happened. That's how this all started. This all started from a guy who was so intelligent, it brought back some of those insecurities from Stephen A. And a guy who would not back down on those issues and actually outshine Stephen A in the same issues that he wanted to conquer so that he could not only be the king, but also the voice of the people. This ain't, this ain't Skip Bayless sitting next to you now. A white guy who's like, Mm -hmm. Head nodding on the on the black issues, head nodding on the societal issues, letting you just speak and just whatever you say, hey, it's the way it goes. Not Max. Max will break down some old ass history on you. He bring it back to the day where you're like, and then all of a sudden, what you have to do now is two things. One, kick in overdrive and being the entertainer because you can't out educate them on this one. You're not gonna out articulate them on this. But two. You're going to all of a sudden start to suppress them. And I told Max this. I was like, dog, you ain't standing as tall as you used to. It ain't shining as bright as you used to. It's cracking, dog. They're not letting you do it. And he was like, dog, it's resistance up there. Okay. Now, what ended up happening is Max kept fighting the resistance, but that, that headwind was strong. What was worse is how he was starting to get treated. On air, not off air. On air, we all saw it. Stephen A was starting to act out how he didn't like how Max was winning those conversations, how Max was not going with the flow. And then he makes comments like this. You need to do what you need to do or else I'm going to get someone else. You know what he needed Max Kellerman to do? 
is to be a head nodding white guy and let him be the brother who spoke for all the people. And Max didn't let it happen. Now, Max didn't want career suicide either. So he knew he couldn't fight Stephen A. So what did he do? Got his shots off and said, hey, I'm just doing my job. And it still gets to you because they got to you. <sighs> it's hypocritical to be uh, sensitive right now if you're Stephen A to Shannon and Shannon getting pushed out of FS1 and all of that that happened there. And not Max when you did the same thing to Max. Oh, please do not tell me it's different because Max is white. Please don't say that. I know you're not going to go there. So what's the difference? You pushed Max out, but then you're like, oh, it's Shannon's story to tell. But let me just tell you, it's facts. He got pushed out. Okay, Max ain't a journalist. Max ain't an athlete. Well, why the hell were I, was I ear hustling hearing you and them on the phone trying to beg him to come to New York to do the show? Did Max all of a sudden stop playing football that day? <laughs> His NBA Hall of Fame speech? What? Well, it was, it was weak. When, when was Max ever an athlete? When was Max ever a traditional journalist, even though he, he did his work? He put in work, dog. There was on New York Public Access in like black and white channel. <laughs> like, dog, Max used to put in work. Stephen A gets a salute from all, especially me, because I respect his work ethic. But right now, and a lot of people are seeing it right before our very eyes. No love and no respect for your ethics. Work ethic, ethics, because you are set tripping. So you heard uh, what he had to say there. Hear my thoughts. I am glad that Marcellus Wiley is the one saying this. I am very happy. The way Stephen A. Smith comes out, comes on, he makes it seem like as if he's, you know, this guy, this man's man, you know, he's never flustered by anything. I'm 100% confident 100% of the time when in reality he overcompensates. Anyone watching that show knew that whenever these two gentlemen were arguing, having an argument, most of the time Max Kellerman was the more logical person. And you could see it begin to bother Stephen A. Smith because I believe Stephen A. Smith is one of these people that believes that whenever he's talking, he should be the smartest person in the room. He should be. That's number one. Number two, what else I noticed was this. Stephen A. Smith right now is showing you who he really is. What do I mean by this? When Stephen A. Smith was coming on ESPN First Take, uh, what is it as a guest? Cold pizza days. He was never talking like this. He never had this arrogance, this attitude, this thing of, oh, you know, and it is what it is, and it is what it is. He was never like that. He would come out there, say his point, but he knew his place. Even when the show decided, decided to rebrand and go from cold pizza to first take, and it was him and Skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith never stepped out of bounds and tried to disrespect Skip and talk any kind of, he never did it. But the moment he got some power and he became the big dog on that, on that show, you started to see him behave the way he, uh, you started to see this behavior in him. And to me, what I think happened was the money, the fame, the exposure 
allowed him to magnify who he already was. The Stephen A. Smith you see now is who this dude is. He's one grimy, disrespectful dude. As I said in the other show, I'm going to say it again. Stephen A. Smith only respects money and power. And if he doesn't believe you have those two things, he's going to talk crazy about you. I've seen him talk crazy about Dwight Howard. Why? Because Dwight Howard wasn't in a position of power. I saw him talk crazy about Lamar Odom on television because he believes he wasn't in a position of power. I saw him talk crazy to Max Kellerman on television because he was the one that was in a position of power. In this case, we're talking about Stephen A. Smith. I saw him, saw him make fun of those Nigerian players' names because he thought they were of no real threat to him. No real threat. What he's doing or what he did with Max Kellerman is a bozo move. That's number one. And then he did it again with the Terrell Owens thing. After just trying to pull the same thing before. Let me tell you what this guy does and why it it annoys some people. Stephen A. Smith will report a piece of news on you. In this case, we're talking about an athlete. The athlete will say, but that's not true. Like the Lonzo Ball story. He'll then say, he'll go on TV, shut your damn mouth. That's him. That's y'all man. That's your man. Keep your mouth closed. Keep your mouth closed. Then goes on his podcast and then th- and then starts threatening to release information about who Lonzo Ball's doctor was, what day he did his surgery, what clinic he did his surgery in. I'm like, bro, why are you doing this? Then we have the T.O. thing. He gets into a public dispute with T.O. What does he do? He threatens to expose T.O. Uh, Terrell Owens. He comes on his show. Comes with a, with a bunch of files. Only God knows where Stephen A. Smith got all these files from. I don't know. Maybe he works for the police. I don't know who he is. He gets all of these files. He threatens again to expose you. What's next? You're going to try to expose Marcellus Wiley for keeping it 100? For Marcellus Wiley, let me tell you. I watch Marcellus Wiley. Marcellus Wiley will say it himself. And Marcellus, if you see this show, correct me if I'm wrong. He will say it himself. I'm not about the drama. I'm not up here trying to act tough with nobody. I'm not going to go at nobody's mouth because I'm not with the nonsense. I'm all about peace and positivity. But for Marcellus Wiley, someone in media, someone who's who's a household name, for him to be sitting back and seeing this thing and for him to step into the arena and name names. And at the very end, he said, I respect your work ethic, but not your ethics. For this person to say that, it should be damning. It is telling for him. You see, it's one thing if we say it. Because, well, you never met Stephen A. Smith. But this, in this case, is the people that met the guy. And even he's like, bro, why are you doing this to your former partner? What is the issue? What is the issue? And this goes to show you. This has just always been my opinion. People that overcompensate are usually the most flawed people and always the ones that feel like they need to prove something. Let me repeat that. The people that overcompensate, they feel like they got to show you and prove to you are usually the ones that are missing something within them. What am I talking about? Whenever you see, for example, a guy always bragging about his money and trying to show you got money, either one at one point this guy was very, very broke and now he wants to prove to the world that he has money or he knows that he knows that he ain't bleep without his money. So that's all he can offer, his money. That's all. That's it. That's it. Stephen A. Smith will be coming off, I'm confident in this and this and this and this and this. Well, if you're this confident cat, 
Why are you going to Max Kellerman so hard? And for Marcellus, Marcellus Wilder to be like, you was intimidated by this dude's intelligence. And that's the real reason because Son wasn't trying to play his role, the role you had out for him. And you got him up out of there. And he brought up a good point of, wait a minute, this guy was qualified enough to work on television television with you for five years. You recruited him. You didn't know. You didn't do your due diligence to figure out whether or not this guy was a former athlete or he had a journalism background. And now all of a sudden you figured out that he didn't have a journalistic, back, a journalistic background and he wasn't a former athlete. What is going on here, buddy? Seems like you're making this up as you're going. Seems like you're making this up as you're going. That dude is not as confident as he makes it out to be. Confident people don't overcompensate. They just are confident. They don't need to prove nothing to you. They don't need to prove nothing to you at all. They don't. People that have money, they don't. Some people feel there's some people they don't need. To, I don't need to prove nothing to you because I know what I got. Like the late great Dick Gregory said, he said, and it's so true. He said a joke about people with money. He said, if somebody calls you broke and you start hollering and shouting about, oh my God, what are you calling broke? Who are you calling broke? Who are you calling broke? He said, we know you're broke. But he said, if you know you got a hundred million sitting in the bank, you wouldn't even be moved by it because you're like, he ain't talking to me. He ain't talking to me. And in this case, for him to be going to Max Kellerman, who has not said anything about him, is a bozo, grimy, dirty move. But in his mind, he's like, I'm just doing my thing. If Stephen A. Smith keep this, keeps this up, if you continue down this road, bro, somebody going to come for you and try to expose you too, bro. Be humble with your success, man. You're way too arrogant for no reason. You're going at people. Nobody's coming at like, bro, stop. Stop. This dude acts like he acts like he's John Gotti and he's not. Like he's not. You're not a mob boss. Nothing like that. Cut it out, bro. You talk sports like the rest of us out here. Let's be for real. All that other stuff, like cut it out. Like no, nobody's somebody's with that. Like, so cut that out. But I'm glad that Marcellus Wiley called him on him. Call, call, called him on. Let me see. You're going to go at him too? You want to go through your files, pull up your files and go on him too? Go at him too? And finally, let me say this. Who knows? Maybe Stephen A. Smith one day will see this show and say, who is this arrogant MFR to sit down and feel like he can even dare to have an opinion about me? Who is he? What is he accomplished in this realm to make him feel like he needs to have an opinion about me? I'm one of the people that paved the way for him. Uh, for him. Let me tell you guys something right now. You didn't pave a damn thing for me. You didn't pave a damn thing for me. I know, we know the thousands of hours we put into creating this platform. The thousands. That's without being on television, without nobody knowing us. You didn't pave a damn thing. We worked our asses off. And if we got here, it's because of God's grace and our hard work, not because of you. Because even if you liked us, that doesn't mean we're going to be guaranteed success. Now, if you're enjoying this show, be sure to follow us on Facebook at Dreamers Pro Official, Instagram at Dreamers Pro, and leave a review to let us know what you think about today's show. Now, let's continue to the next segment. Deion Sanders is currently the biggest thing in sports. 
the biggest thing. Everybody's talking about him. Every morning show, they're leading off with Deion Sanders. Just yesterday, he was having a press conference talking to the press before their next game. I, I forgot the team that they're playing. But anyway, he was talking to the press, and I looked at one of the video, uh, one of the channels that were streaming it on YouTube, and I looked, and I saw there were like 7,400 people watching, and I'm like, wow, this is a press conference, for God's sakes. This is not a post-game interview. It's a pre-game uh, interview before the game starts, and there's 7,400 people watching this guy live. And in one of the videos they published has over 600,000 views in less than 24 hours. Deion Sanders is literally the hottest thing smoking right now. Like, he's pretty much everywhere. And with all of this success, what does it breed? Well, it breeds haters like the Jason Whitlocks of the world and all the other people that want to see this guy fail. And I guess it's bound to happen when you have success, you're always going to have detractors. In this particular case, I don't know why. I don't see the 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 significance of hating on a football coach of a college team. Like for real, we hating on college coaches now, but anyway, I digress. So what happened? I was listening to a bit of that interview. And at the very beginning, Deion Sanders walks in, he gives an opening statement salvo, whatever it is, and then he goes off and starts reading out some 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 data, some stats, some statistics about all of the attention that is being generated around his team and the sport. And he started reading off some numbers that absolutely confounded me because I couldn't believe the numbers I was hearing him say. So what we want to do is want to play exactly what Deion Sanders himself had to say is a very, very short clip. And then we're going to come back and continue on the show. Take a listen to what he had to say here. We've announced a sellout for all the home games this season. First time in the history. We've sold out every home game in the season. ESPN announced 9.3 million viewers. Most watched late game ever. Um, Fourth best regular season game in the last six years. ESPN fifth most watched game ever. Most streamed game of all time. Peaked at 11.1 million viewers from 9 to 9.15 Mountain Time. CSU had uh, 25.3 million viewers through three weeks. This means a lot a lot of eyeballs. We are the fourth team in FBS history to start 3-0 after um, being defeated in 11 games. I just hate that we're losing. I'm sorry. Being defeated in 11 games. Yeah, the last team to do it was Minnesota in 2008. Tim Brewster, amen. Uh, blah, blah, blah. The rest is about Shador. So you heard what Coach Prime had to say there. Cuckoo stuff. Absolutely cuckoo stuff. Like, we're talking about a college football game. For God's sake, we're not talking about the we're not talking about an NFL game. We're not talking about an NBA game. We're not talking about an NFL playoff game. We're not talking about an NBA playoff game. We're talking about a college football game on a Saturday, bringing in those kind of ratings. So what I wanted, what I did was actually I did some research, and I want to take it a step further. And I came across an article from Front Office Sports, and I really want to, uh, uh, you know, crystallize some of the things that he said here, and I want to get into some of the things that this article had to say. So the article starts off with the headline, Coach Prime is rating go- ratings gold, and everyone wants a piece of the pie. The article then continues on. Three weeks into the college football season, Coach Colorado's Coach Prime's era has delivered on the field and might be making an even stronger impact off of it. Deion Sanders' unbeaten start has accounted for three of, five, three of the five most watched college football games this season. Despite, finish, despite finishing at 2 a.m. Eastern time, 
Week three's Rocky Mountain showdown against winless Colorado State team still delivered, get this, 9.3 million viewers on ESPN, making it the network's most watched late primetime college football game ever. Before that, Colorado, Nebraska brought in 8.73 million viewers on Fox in week two, and Sanders' Colorado coaching debut against TCU was Fox's most watched big noon Saturday week one game ever with 7.26 million viewers. On Saturday, number 19 Colorado begins Pac-12 play against number 10 Oregon at 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC, the network's first coach primes. Uh, first Coach Prime's game of the year. Next week, number five, USC will travel to Boulder for another high-profile matchup that will be that will be broadcast yet again by Fox Sports in its premier big noon Saturday slot on September 30th. The bright lights of Boulder, the Coach Prime phenomenon, has not only started a new war between ESPN and Fox, but also made Boulder the Hollywood of college football. Meanwhile, Sanders' Coach Prime line of sunglasses with blenders has received at least 67,000 pre-orders before it goes on sale on October 12, which will roughly generate 4.5 million in revenue. This is unheard of. Deion Sanders is turning into the biggest marketer in sports. In sports. The first game of the season, I think the team generated $18 million. Guys, let me just break down some of some of the numbers for you guys. This man signed a $29.5 million contract over five years. Not $29.5 million over one year. By the end of this season, with this team, the team paying him, the Colorado Buffaloes, would have already recouped the money that they used to spend on his salary. Uh, further into that interview that he did that we played in the beginning of this interview and this the show, he was even talking about now Nike and these boys wanting to be a part of what they're doing. Deion Sanders, <coughs> excuse me is rewriting the history books on so many different fronts. This is why I'm surprised that there are people out there that are working against him. And some people are trying to turn this into some religious religious warfare, which is just absolutely shameful. Religious warfare. Just imagine one of Jason Whitlock's supporters, you know, the good old Christians, one of them messaged me, uh, less than 24 hours ago, talking about Jason Whitlock is going to box me in my mouth. Jason Whitlock is going to box me in my mouth. Jason Whitlock is going to box me in my mouth. And I said to the guy, I said, wait, you're talking about the Christian? He's going to box me in my mouth? And then the guy responds, yes, because of the stuff you've been saying about him. I'm like, you guys are fools. I thought you were Christians. Now he's going to box me in my mouth because I disagree with him. That's the way, that's the Christian way. And I'm a Christian saying, this just goes to show you how stupid these people are. There's some people out there that just cannot stand the, the fact that this guy's uh, Deion Sanders gained this much, uh, uh, what is it, success, that they're looking for all kind of obscure ways to hate on him. Now they want to take a religious route. You guys are bloody idiots. You want to apply religion 
to a, a football game, a college football game at that. You want to bring religion into that. Because of what exactly? Self-promotion. Is he the first person that self-promoted? Help me figure this out. Let me help me make because of what the, the fact that he wore his gun. Let me ask you guys a question since you guys are so religious. Please, what passage in the Bible does it say that what Deion Sanders is doing is a sin? Anywhere. What are the Ten Commandments is he breaking? When I hear him talk, I actually hear him giving glory to God. Something you jackasses are not doing. You guys are giving glory to yourself and Jason Whitlock. You guys are worshiping a dude talking sports and missing the message of a guy giving the glory to God. It's unreal. It's unreal how backwards some people are. And they believe themselves to be uh, uh, enlightened. Back to the point. Deion Sanders is rewriting the game right before our very eyes. He just is. When was the last time, think about this, you saw a coach of any sport at any level be able to generate this much interest not only in his team, but is in his sport as a whole? Name the guy. Name the guy. Bill Belichick? Who is he? Who, who's the guy? Who's the guy? Phil Jackson, who's the guy? There's been no one. There's been no one. And if we're going to sit back and ignore the economic importance of what he's doing, it means you're, you're, you're absolutely naive. It means you're absolutely naive. The guy is transforming the program. Let me repeat it once more. Last season, their record was what? One and 11. One and 11. After game two, they'd already had more wins than they had all of last season. Now they're sitting there 3-0. And as I was listening to that interview, they were asking him, how are you going to be without your best player and all of this stuff? He's like, next man. The guy, the guy, I mean, the guy is so well-spoken. I listened to him speak. He's so well-spoken. He doesn't, he's not about drama. He's authentic. He seems real. And he seems like an open book. And that seems to be something that bothers people, which means that the problem is really with you that's what it is y'all must feel some type of well, how is he getting all of these people come out here to come watch again why is the rock going why is, is is master p at the game why is this person at the game why is that person pulling up at the game why is dj Khaled throwing up his paddock in the screen why is this person doing that why is this why is tom brady talking to Deion? Sanders? why is a, why 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 him why 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 not me this is born out of hate and jealousy these numbers are unheard of for a college football coach to be pulling this off. It is showing you just how successful of a person Deion Sanders is. Deion Sanders is. For him to for him to succeed at a professional level when he was playing in the NFL, to win Super Bowls, to make it into the NFL Hall of Fame, and then to come where he currently is and to be doing what he's doing is absolutely remarkable. I mean, I don't see how you're not impressed. I don't understand it. I just don't see how people are not impressed. I don't see it. I don't see it. And now I am glued. I am glued to my television now and to this story. Whenever something happens, I want to know. I want to know. I'm just reading a post here from Yahoo Sports, the Instagram page. <laughs> Colorado State, 9.3 million viewers. 
most streamed regular season fo- uh, college football game ever for ESPN. And people are still looking for a reason to hate on this dude. It's unreal. It's unreal. I wish him all the best. I know that there are going to be a lot of people out there <laughs> that are going to be looking for him to fail this upcoming Saturday, which is sad. You've now made it your business to root against the guy. When was the last time you rooted against anybody? Anybody that was uh, any any college football coach that was doing this? When was the last time? When was the last time? Thank you for listening to today's show. And don't forget to let us know what you think about today's show on iTunes or any of your favorite podcasting platforms.